0: The Swain Event Podcast is driven by Beatty Chevrolet. For your new and pre-owned vehicle shopping needs, visit BeattyChevrolet.com.
1: Jason Swain touchdown!
0: It's time for the Swain event with your host Jason Swain. My man, real sports talk for the real sports fan. All
2: you chumps are gonna bow when I whoop
0: them! It's time for the Swain event, fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Get into
3: his house and a red flag.
0: 20 fueled by that in barbecue top one hundred barbecue restaurant in America. It is Tuesday, the fifth, two thousand and twenty-three. We got a lot to get to do today. We got a lot to get to today. the, is well to the, you We're in the Studio. We got basketball to discuss. A couple guys banged up. Who can we expect to be out there for Tennessee versus a lesser opponent than what we have experienced over the last couple of games? The transfer portal officially open. It is uh, certainly different than what we've seen in the past. We're seeing... More quarterbacks. More big-time quarterbacks. Here's a good thing. Tennessee has its quarterback of the future. It's hard to sit here and not assume that the quarterback position it's not a position that Tennessee will need to take a hard look at in the transfer portal. We're talking about a red shirt or freshman uh, or sophomore, whatever, red shirt, freshman, Nico, Yamalayava, uh, next year, first time starting and being backed up by another true freshman. So experience, I think is something that the quarterback room needs. You got talent. No doubt about it. You have talent, but experience. And you need to prepare for anything. So I think that's the position that Tennessee might want to look at. Tennessee's experienced some departures expected. There is absolutely zero reason to be concerned with some of the departures. They were expected. expect you always want players to sign at Tennessee and finish their careers at Tennessee but we live in a day and age of college football where that's that's just not going to happen for everybody you got to get yourself used to not seeing that not expecting that of course you want your good players to to do that but you got to lower your expectations because we live in a different age of college football we do it's the player's turn to get the cut. They understand that. And they're going to go get it. And if you're not willing to pay that player, what someone else is willing to pay that player, then they're gone. It's it's, it's really that simple. It's really that simple. Um. So Tennessee has had some departures. We'll get Ben McKee uh, up in here. No surprise with some of the players that have hit the portal so far. It's Ben McKee. Go balls two four seven. Good morning, sir.
1: Good morning. How are you?
0: Oh man, we, we we good over here. We good. It's portal time. I don't. I feel like I'm supposed to be a whole lot more excited. I really feel like I should be more excited, and like I'm looking forward to seeing who Tennessee is able to bring in here. Uh, I think there's a lot of teams that that need need a lot. I think Tennessee is is one of those one of those teams. I think we have a lot going for our, ourselves, a hundred percent. I just don't know how it's going to play out, and uh, it's it's silly out here, man when you know some of the numbers that players from different programs are, are trying to command, it's, it, <laughs> it's crazy. And I think I have a feeling uh, of Tennessee's approach so far, Ben. Um, but good morning to you. We have the college football playoff set. We have names hitting the portal from Tennessee um, right before you joined us. I made it clear there really wasn't a big reason to, to be worried and concerned with the players who have entered the portal so far. It was pretty much expected. And um, now you got to go and, and get some replacements.
1: Yeah, you got to go fill in the holes that, that this roster has if you want to continue to sustain success and – um, given the 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 resources and and kind of where Tennessee took this thing over, Josh Heupel took this thing over. I I don't think that this season ha- has been a a bad season. But how do you build off of this season going forward? Th- this was a nice year three to have, given some of the limitations that you've had to start your Tennessee tenure. But as you get further away from those limitations, how can you build? upon potentially winning nine games after winning 10 games how can you continue to sustain uh, and not have a big drop off but also try and get to the next level as well so this is a very important offseason for that reason and it, it, it's a difficult time to be a college football coach I I, I do not envy uh, any of these coaches I, I, I envy their paycheck and I, I do realize that they're they're making a ton of money and, and that can make it worth it but it uh, doesn't make it less enviable. Uh, it, it is it is not an ideal situation right now in college football. College football is a mess. Uh, really, whatever topic you want to talk about NIL, transfer portal, college football playoffs, uh, it, it's an absolute mess right now. And uh, because of everybody's passion for college football, I think we all talk ourselves into it, it being perfectly fine the way that it is. But uh, in in reality, there, there's a lot of issues going on right now. And uh, right now you're seeing the issues with the transfer portal and NIL. And uh, so far, so good for Tennessee. Like you mentioned, Swain, hasn't been hit like a, a Vanderbilt team that has been absolutely uh, picked apart because of the transfer portal and, and NIL. And I, I realize that it's Vanderbilt, but I also think it points to maybe the health of the program when, when that many people – are leaving and you just haven't seen a, a ton of players leave Tennessee, uh, yet. And you, you haven't really seen anybody of significance leave yet. I think Addison Nichols is the most notable one who has entered the portal. Uh, but I, I think Addison Nichols departure is more of a, a big pitcher issue with the offensive line that we've touched on here in the last month or so at, at different points in time, rather than, Oh no, Addison Nichols left. Like the the individual player, not saying that Addison Nichols is is going to be bad wherever he ends up going, but like I I didn't really have much of a reaction when I saw the individual name go into the portal. My thought was more about the the big picture issue with the offensive line right now.
0: All right, before we go further, um, Clint on the text box that brought up James Pierce, and I uh, I do think um support. We go ahead and, and cover that move forward. And, um, but Monday, um, evening, James Pierce Jr. Was, was arrested. Um, you know, Tuesday morning, I caught word there was, you know, his, his name was, um, on the arrest list, no picture, but name was there and, um, didn't know exactly at the time what he was arrested for. Uh, I was hoping that it wasn't anything domestic or anything that would would um, cause him to be dismissed. Um, when I saw that it was driving on a suspended license, I ain't gonna lie, I was like, Whew. Okay, we can do we can we can work with that. Uh, Adam Sparks of Knox News release the uh, information. And, and folks, understand something. Adam Sparks is probably one of the best beat writers Knox New Sentinels had covering Tennessee in a, in a, in a while. Um, I think he does it right. I think he's fair. And his wife is a big Tennessee fan. But Adam Sparks has a job to do. Okay? his job to do. And we all have jobs. We understand the importance of being professional. I think Adam Sparks is as good as they come. And he's doing his job. You have a star player who's arrested. He has to write about it. As simple as that. It's on the arrest records. It's going to be public. Adam Sparks is doing his job. Now. Details say that uh, um, not sparks, but, uh, James Pierce disobeying the police instructions during traffic stop on suspicion of speeding and driving on a suspended license, according to a Knoxville police report that was obtained by Knox News. Um, around 820 a.m. on Monday, police clock Pierce going 63 in a 35. Miles power zone. Guys, we all get pulled over. Okay? We all getting pulled over in that situation. We all getting pulled over. Police say that the vehicle had expired North Carolina temporary tags. Pierce failed to provide identification or proof of insurance. Police discovered that he had a suspended license in North Carolina. Police said that Pierce refused to follow instructions during the traffic stop. According to report, Pierce was asked to turn off the vehicle step out of it but he had to be instructed multiple times before doing so. He then was told that his car would be towed and that he was to stand by, assist, uh, assisting officers while police searched the vehicle. But the officer said Pierce disregarded those instructions and walked towards the vehicle. Pierce was then arrested, and then vehicle was impounded. He's charged with speeding, driving on suspended license, failure to present insurance. Registration improperly displayed and improper window tinting. Um, initial thoughts was, Ben Pierce, lucky it didn't get worse. It didn't get roughed up. Um, or even worse, honestly. Even worse. Not smartest decision. Um, hopefully he learns from this. I saw where folks were like, go ahead, suspend him. Hold on. Hold on now. Hold on. Um, timeout. I think there was a um, kind of a president set early in the season when you had a current offensive lineman right before the Florida game They got himself in a little bit of a uh, legal mess being cited for marijuana. uh, And that was Gerald Mincy. And he still played. Still played. So, handle it internally. Discipline Pierce internally. And move on. This is me covering the James Pierce Jr. situation. Ben, is there anything you like to add? Uh,
1: not, not much more. I, I think it was, I, I think it's a, a a teaching lesson for for James Pierce Jr. I, I don't think he acted in a smart manner by the way he handled the situation, as as you pointed out, and I, I, I think he needs to be much more aware of how he acts in those particular situations, um, and also a learning lesson to to stay on top of being an adult i mean it, it still gets the the best of me and i'm almost 30 i'm sure there's things in in your world swain that that you have to handle as an adult that that maybe you struggle with here or there i think we all do uh, until we reach a certain age of 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 learning how to manage bills and insurance and making sure everything is still active and not expired. I mean, that, that's a, that's a real difficult task. It it really is. And uh, I'm not too far removed from college. And like, I I still have my learning lessons. I, I had one, uh, in, in November with with car insurance that that I had, (laughs) I I learned real quick that I I needed to to do a better job of staying on top of. So, uh, I I understand how this situation can come about, but it's also a a good learning lesson, uh, as well. And, and just, uh, a a good learning lesson to, as you get into this adult world, there's responsibilities that are not fun that, that you have to do a better job of of handling. So I think that's one lesson. And then I think the other lesson is just handling yourself in in a better manner when you are put into that situation and, and, and being pulled over. Uh, But ultimately I I don't know that this is suspension worthy. I do think it is punishment worthy. Absolutely. Because he did not handle himself correctly. You should not be acting in that manner. Uh, But I, I think this is maybe running some stadium steps or, running out on the, the turf field and in the indoor or running out on the practice field, spending a, a couple extra mornings with the strength and conditioning staff or, or spending a couple extra mornings with Mike Eckler. Uh, and, and then also I think it's on Tennessee to also sit him down and explain to him those various situations and, and how he can be better in those situations moving forward.
0: Yeah. For me, it ain't even about the the, the ticket and all that. I mean, it's about uh, there's a police officer with a gun that's telling you to be still and you're moving towards a car.
1: Yeah, like, I mean, it's like that. That was my first thought. Yeah, absolutely. Like, that that is the, the biggest no, no in this. But there also there also is a learning lesson from making sure that your driver's license isn't expired and your plates aren't expired because obviously you can get pulled over and also be arrested for it. If not,
0: No, for for sure. 865-255-03 is a number here to the Swain event. You can uh, hit the text box up, Betty Chevrolet text box, with your comments, with your questions. Uh, we got basketball to discuss. We got transfer portal to, to discuss. Tennessee is going to play in the It Bowl versus Iowa. I think it's a perfect matchup for, for Tennessee. You look at where Tennessee's roster is and uh, where Tennessee... Is offensively defensive, so I think it's a perfect matchup for Tennessee to finish out with nine wins in the regular season. We got that on the other side. Swain event fueled by Dead and Barbecue. Stay with us.
4: You're listening to the Swain event. You don't Fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Yeah! Hey, Knoxville,
0: we all know the importance of mental health. Most people don't have regular mental health care. They often wait. Let's change that. Isn't it time we all consider our mental health as important as our physical health? If you are ready, Mind Body Wellness in Knoxville can help you design a plan for your mental wellness. We are accessible, affordable, and available. You are worth it. Visit mindbodyknoxville.com to schedule a mental wellness assessment today. When you are craving some quality barbecue, there's only one place to go, Dead End Barbecue. Dead End Barbecue has been featured on ESPN's Taste of the Town, the first barbecue restaurant on the SEC Network, CBS Sports, Headline News Tailgate Show, Amazon Prime's The Restaurant Comeback, Food Paradise, and named one of the top 100 barbecue restaurants in America. The search is over. Dead End Barbecue is located on 3621 Sutherland Avenue right here in Knoxville. You can even have it delivered right to your door through Chow Now. Visit their website
4: at deadendbbq.com. Dead End Barbecue. The search is over. Hey, Val Nation. This is Charlie Pratt, Financial Representative with Modern Woodman and MWA Financial Services. Modern Woodman has been touching lives and securing futures for 140 years. Being born and raised here in East Tennessee, I'm honored to help East Tennesseans in all phases of life with retirement planning, investments and life insurance. A big win on Saturday starts with preparation early in the week. A secure financial future starts with planning today. Contact my office today at 865-919-6468 to review your financial plan and make sure you are on track for success. As always, go Voss. Registered representative and investment
0: advisor representative offering securities and advisory services through NWA Financial Services, Inc., a wholly owned subsidiary of Modern Woodmen of America, member of INCRA, SIPC.
4: Good morning, Swain Event family. Take a deep breath in and release. We're all back together in the AM and life is good. If you have real estate needs, just give me a call, Jennifer Morris, at 865-257-7897 or email me at jennifermorris865 at gmail.com and go Vols. Just because you can't call in doesn't mean that you have to sit on the sideline. Impact the show with a text box. It's part of the free Swain Event app.
0: Feel about that in barbecue, top barbecue restaurant in America. Ben McKee, Govoss 247. I'm Jason Swain, live here in the Low T Center studio. You know, I'm big fans of some of the guys that hit the portal. But you understand the business side of it. Big fan of, uh, you know, Brandon Turnage what he was able to, to do here at Tennessee, um, you know, it it stinks. But I, I think the secondary uh, needs a little bit of a, a, a reset, needs some new faces and older guys that are not part of the equation next year, so start starting, need to find a new place. If I was in that situation, I would I would want to be in a place where I had opportunity to play. And um, you know, for, for Tennessee, we're entering year four. Year four. First year of the college football playoff. You went out and you invested in, you know, Nico. And it's time to build a team around him, offense, defense, special teams, to go go make a run. You Ain't got time to be playing around. You have a culture that you've built over the last couple of years, Ben. Um, you want to treat people fair. You want to treat people right. But at the same time, you have a job to do. You have a responsibility. If you are um, head coach, and that's to put a winning product on the football field that's what you're paid to do and if you have players that's not gonna help you reach those goals you gotta let them go you have players that want a certain type of uh, dollar amount and you're not willing to give him give him that dollar amount because you don't think his value commands that then you need to let him go to the portal if you have you know uh, anybody on your staff that's not Putting the effort in each and every day to help you achieve that, then they need to be reevaluated. This is probably my fourth or fifth time since you know some of the games at the end of the season where I've been on the same message. Everybody got to be better. Year four, college football playoff it It's go time, yeah, it's go time so um you mentioned addison Nichols when he was not ready to be the backup center in his second year. I think that was the writing on the wall um for him and, and him not play this season. uh I, I think that was kind of the writing on the wall. Uh, you mentioned Ben about this offensive line recruiting class, Max Johnson, the offensive line commitment whose brother just entered the portal from Oklahoma. You, 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 you like that? You, you, you like the possibility of maybe brother coming to, to Tennessee?
1: In theory, and I didn't know if you know this, Wayne, I am not an offensive line guru. I, I I do not know how to break down offensive line play. Don't know if you knew that about myself, uh, but offensive line play is not my expertise. Uh so if 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 the coaching staff who their expertise is evaluating offensive linemen, Glenn Ellerby, Josh Heupel, Joey Hosley, if they feel like he can contribute, then absolutely go get him. Uh, that 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 goes without being said. The point that I'm getting to though is he hasn't played much at Oklahoma. Why has he not played much at Oklahoma is the question that I wouldn't want to know. Mm -hmm. Uh, He has been a backup at Oklahoma. Why has he been a backup at Oklahoma? Those are the questions that I would need answered. And then also when you evaluate him, do you feel like he can come in and be better at Tennessee than he was at Oklahoma? Uh, Because you, you can't afford to strike out on whatever transfer offensive lineman you bring in, decide to bring in. And that's assuming that they do bring in an offensive lineman. I don't know why they wouldn't at least add one. Oh, you're uh, going to you, add
0: more than one.
1: Well, I, I, think it's, I think it's tricky, Swain, because John Campbell Jr. obviously announced last night in an epic manner that he is coming back and Boy, is that critical to have a a veteran protecting Nico Ia, Ia blind side in his first season of starting? That that is just huge news for for Tennessee. That that may be the biggest news of the off season for Tennessee. Honestly, uh, may, maybe the only thing bigger would be if if you can pull out this Jordan Seaton commitment. That that one would. would would be bigger but for next season because there's also no guarantee even if you were to get Jordan Seaton that Seaton would be ready to play next year ideally he would be he's that level of a prospect but it's it's really really hard to to play offensive lineman in the SEC as a freshman Um, uh, Darnell Wright took his lumps ended up being the number 10 overall pick Wanya Morris took his lumps was playing left tackle for the Chiefs on Sunday night football in Lambeau Field on Sunday night. So uh, those were big-time prospects, just like Jordan Seaton, but they weren't ready to contribute as true freshmen because it's a hard position to play as a true freshman. So there's no guarantee that any of the freshmen, even if you get Seaton coming in, is going to be able to contribute right away, which is why I kind of think that John Campbell Jr. may prove to be the biggest news of the offseason for Tennessee, getting him back, because finding... An elite talent to play tackle in the portal is really, really, really difficult. It is. Uh, I I think back to I guess it was the year before last uh, the the Vanderbilt transfer. Maybe it was last all season. Tyler Steen, uh, the the Vanderbilt tackle, he was the most wanted tackle in the portal. And where would he go? He went to Alabama. The, the those type of guys typically end up at Bama, Florida State, Georgia. And, and so, how do you find that middle ground? of of finding somebody who, who can come in and play like John Campbell did. I, I think Tennessee did very well with John Campbell, uh, and I apologize for being a little long-winded, but the point that I'm getting to is that although you, you've you had success with John Campbell Jr., and, and you've had some success with, with Gerald Mincy as well, Andre Carrick came in as a backup. And what has Andre Carrick done after coming in from Texas? Not a ton. So, Just make sure, and and I also don't know that you've necessarily gotten a ton out of Gerald Mincy as well, even though you you have had a little bit of success with him, and and he was slowed down by a knee injury to to finish the year, Uh, but I'm not a fan of taking backups, (laughs) if, if I'm being perfectly honest. Obviously, there there was a reason, and maybe they can flourish better in a different system, but just if you are going to bring somebody like that in, Swain, you just got to make sure you're nailing your evaluation because you can't afford to bring in somebody out of the portal that is not ready to contribute right away.
0: So here's my take on portal. So you, you got you got Max Anderson. Who is committed? He's from Texas. Uh, His brother, Nate Anderson, um, Monday announced that he is hitting the portal. He has two years left of the L's building. Um, When it comes to transfers, my only question is are you making the group better? We have seen, especially this past year, that it's more than just about the starters, it's more than about the starters. Because you're going to have guys get rolled up on. You're going to have guys who get hurt. You're going to have some guys that may not want to go, that could go. uh, you got to go with somebody else. you got to prepare for everything. So, as a group, the question is, are you adding players to the group to make the group better? I think it's easy to say you don't want to get transfer backups, and I understand that. I prefer to get, like, the the, the the ideal situation is to go get instant impact starters like Dalton Connect in basketball. That's what we all want to do if you're a Tennessee fan. But ain't nothing wrong with depth. Ain't nothing wrong with taking a guy that's saying, all right, is is Nate Anderson better than? You know, Jackson Lampley, or Addison Nichols, or Mo Clipper. Like, you just had two dudes hit the portal, and Jackson Lampley didn't hit the portal, but I'm just using him as an example because he's a backup. But are you bringing in better players that are leaving? On top of having the opportunity to get Jordan Seaton, where Tennessee is in a pretty good spot uh, as he's going to make his commitment in two days. It's between Tennessee... Ohio State, Oregon, but as you go out and get those big time high school players, and you swing at some guys in the portal that could help you in the in the interior. John Campbell announced that he's coming back, like he officially now announced it. Cooper Mays didn't. Cooper Mays didn't. So I saw someone who was already. Counting guys that will come back on the offensive line. Don't put Cooper Mays on that list because it's not certain right now. He just didn't walk on senior day. He still could leave. So, the group being, I think, has to be better than if you got to take guys who are thought of maybe not be a day one starter. I'm okay with that, long as he is an upgrade, he can be an upgrade to the group from last year.
1: Yeah, I, I completely agree with what you're saying. Uh, if if he can provide quality depth, then then he doesn't necessarily have to be a starter. I, I just kind of, to me, that falls into the conversation about Tennessee pursuing a quarterback in the portal. Tennessee's not going to go get Dylan Gabriel or any of these other big-time Quarterback names in the portal Why why would they go get it This is Nico's show now And I also, I don't understand Swain, this one's really made my head hurt This week All year long All season long Folks have been clamoring For Nico All year, every game And I had it it right to Yes, that's not my point That's not my point Absolutely but now we've gotten to the point where it's it's Nico's turn to to run the show as we get into next season. But folks, not everybody, but some folks want Tennessee to go out and get a Dylan Gabriel type when it's finally Nico's turn to play football. Well,
0: Dylan they, Gabriel's not Well they they assume that, that Dylan Gabriel is going to be okay with being a backup.
1: Well, and, and that's the, the the main point that I was getting to is that it, it's just it's going to be really difficult for Tennessee to add a starter or to add a quarterback. I'm sorry through the portal because those guys are going to desire to be a starter, and they're going to see Nico Iamaliava. The they're if they really do their homework, they're going to see George McIntyre maybe coming behind Nico, and there's just not a it's not a great spot for Tennessee to add in a transfer quarterback because those guys want to play. I mean, you're going to have to get a guy that's willing to be a backup first and foremost like how many of guys of those guys even exist but then also would you even really want to bring in somebody who's content with being a backup i don't know that i would want yeah, to bring in yeah. somebody who's content with being a backup but to me that falls in along that same conversation about the quarterback also kind of touches on the offensive line as well if you do end up bringing several of these veterans back if if cooper does end up coming back spraggins We'll see what Mincy does. You've already got Campbell coming back. Like it's I think it's going to be hard for Tennessee to to maybe find an immediate impact guy in in the portal, but also those depth players. Like, is it worth it to use a scholarship on those depth players when you could maybe use it elsewhere? When you do maybe have some of those veterans coming back. And I do, I actually do. It'll be young, but I, I do think the depth will be upgraded by this current offensive line class that is coming in. I, I think the young offensive line, I think the talent in 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 Tennessee's offensive line room with its young linemen is going to take a step forward with this current class that is coming in. And I again, I just got done talking about how it's hard to play as a freshman up front in the trenches, so <laughs> I understand that aspect of it as well. But I, I do think maybe you're going to, Inherit some natural added depth because I think these incoming linemen are better than the linemen that you've had come in the last two years.
0: Yeah, get better, man. I think that's. I think. I think if we just make it that simple,
1: then you need to add. I just think it's going to be tricky.
0: Tricky to add what offensive linemen?
1: Yes. Um. Why? I. I. I well, first, I, I think you need to see what Mincy ends up doing.
0: Uh, uh, we we ain't relying on Mincy we ain't waiting on to see what he doing we gotta we gotta expect that he we gotta recruit and expect that he's not gonna be be there
1: yes I, I agree 1000% but if if he were to come out and make a decision a surprise decision like Campbell did last night because Campbell's decision I mean from from my understanding he didn't even tell the coaching staff before he tweeted that video that he was coming back so if Mincy, if Mincy were to I, I know that. But I'm saying if Mincy were to do something quickly like that, if if a transfer lineman sees Mincy and Campbell coming back at tackle, I think that could deter them away from Tennessee.
0: Mincy didn't hold down the spot like that. Yes. So one thousand percent. If I'm a transfer should, tackle, Mincy ain't scaring me.
1: Th- no, it should not be. I completely agree with that. I but again, I just it could potentially be hard to bring in a a transfer that would make an immediate impact right away, and going back to the initial conversation, I I don't want to bring in a backup just for the sake of bringing in a backup when you have other holes on on this roster as well.
0: Man, it's about getting the group better, and you can't rely on on, on Gerald Mincy. Um You can't wait on him if he wants to, you know, do everything he needs to do to be a, a reliable player. Um, and be in the lineup consistently, doing everything right on and off the football field, then cool. But you can't sit there and, and wait on him and, and you got to recruit to replace. You got to try to replace him. And it's his job. It's his responsibility to not get replaced. It's his job. It ain't the coaching staff's job. Coach staff's job is go out there and get dudes. And you have this big pot of money in IL that you can use. And you need to use it on the offensive line. I think this past season proved that you, you got to address that, that area. You have to address defensive line. And so you are uh, very careful about how you use that pot of money. There are some players in the portal that got big paychecks from their previous school, and it wasn't big enough for those players. So they got into the portal thinking that another school was going to pay double or, or you know, 50% of that or 25% of that. And Tennessee may do it, but Tennessee may not, because Tennessee has other issues Uh, to address uh, particularly on the offensive line uh, and and the defensive line but as long as the group is better from from last year i'm okay with bringing guys in um that maybe not start day one uh, but they are good depth pieces go compete go compete go try to win the job i just want us to be in better situation than we were this past season you had poor play and you had to continue to play guys that were playing bad and you had injuries um and you were stuck. You were playing guys that just couldn't compete at the SEC level. All right, let's get to the phones uh right quick. Let's see who do we have. Good morning. Good morning. Who we have with us? Justin in, it's Justin in Florida. What's up Justin? What's up man? How you doing? Uh
3: doing well. How are you guys? Good man. Good
0: good good. No
3: uh happy chaos season with the with the college football committee's decisions and the transfer portal uh it seems like it's uh the craziest time of year and we're not even at Christmas yet
0: yeah you're right about that man
3: yeah hey Swain let me ask you a question back back when you were playing mm-hmm. like we, we always hear about like the ones the twos like how deep are you at positions? On an SEC roster,
0: uh, it got be three, like, is three
3: three D. 3D? Yeah. Okay, so right now, I know we're still waiting on some older guys to maybe make decisions, and getting Campbell back was big. But my question is, with the addition of of the freshmen, I mean, what kind of numbers are we looking at for for next year on O line, on you know, in the secondary? I mean, because I think. I think this is a big question, and, and I agree, you know, in part with what Ben was saying. You don't want to bring in a backup with the intention of making him a starter. However, mm-hmm. you just lost two guys to the transfer portal that were in the, what, the threes? Because I didn't see them at the field at all outside of uh, when we got really decimated with injury. You know, I kind of would would say, you know, where are we at numbers wise. You know, you add the freshmen, you add returners, and then whatever's kind of left over. I mean, it feels like we're only at, you know, maybe eleven, twelve offensive linemen, thirteen. I mean, we still have some spots to fill, and you want to be like a like a I guess a a three deep defined, but then don't you also want like a few guys that are maybe like long term projects.
1: Yeah,
0: uh, you you do, but remember, we are entering year four, and you've had a couple strikeouts. I don't know if you are in position to have uh, as many as many of those long term projects that you would normally have, because S Nichols was a guy that's supposed to be playing this year, and yep. he's not going to be here anymore. So, like, you really can't afford to have too many of those guys. If that makes sense.
3: Yeah, no, I agree with you, but you're always going to have on yeah, the always. outlier. Maybe you're taking, yeah, maybe you're taking a freshman where, you know, you like his build, you know, maybe he didn't play, uh, at a great level of ball and you think, Hey, this guy's going to need a full, you know, three, four years to untap that potential. But, you know, I, I would think you want a minimum of three deep. And here's kind of where I would challenge most everyone looking at this and, you know, a guy like a, like a Nate Anderson, right? Won't cost you anything. He's got some power five snaps as a starter. He ran an up-tempo offense under Jeff Levy, and he doesn't cost you anything. And for us to go out and spend just everywhere with NIL, we're going to sacrifice spending somewhere. And right now, if we can take a guy like that, who's just maybe happy being a backup, playing with his younger brother, having his whole family together on Saturdays, you know, to me, that would see, I, I guess I'd throw that in the win category. Now, if he's out there in a starting capacity, like an Andre Carrick was last year, then that's a whole nother discussion, I think, for Glenn Peak. Would you agree?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Especially if he has not gotten better. I mean, he they could, he could get better and, you know, be a better player under a better, what we, what, we would hope to be a better offensive line coach. I mean, we would hope that our offensive line coach is better than Oklahoma's. But let's say he gets a little bit better but still not uh, starter quality. Yeah, like you you would hope that he would be a nice nice depth piece for you. But he, and again, he wouldn't cost you an arm or leg. Like we know starting tackles and, and important players on the offensive line and, and edge players, we know what the market is for those guys. We know that already. Been public,
3: yeah. I got you. All right. Well, it's just kind of kind of curious. I mean, it sounds like you know the staff got a got a good plan together, and you know let's let, let's see what happens once it's executed. But just wanted to throw that one in there.
0: Gotta have a plan, Justin. Hey, man, thanks for the phone call. Really appreciate it.
3: All right, take care.
0: Gotta have a plan. You gotta have a plan. There's there's a pot of NIL money. How does it get distributed? Who was worth big bucks? Who was not worth bigger bucks? It's like being a GM. NFL team, NBA team. It really is. You're trying to build a winner. You're trying to build a team.
1: Go ahead. Sorry, didn't mean to No, pitch you off go there. ahead uh i i would operate just from the outside looking in obviously they, the the coaching staff knows the the players personalities and their abilities much better than i do uh but from the outside looking in offensive line defensive line the the trenches is what we've spent a ton of time talking about in the last several weeks right mm-hmm. that that needing to be the area that needs to take a step forward in order for Tennessee to continue to sustain some of the success that they have had, but also take the next step to have even more success. And from the outside looking in, especially along the offensive line, it doesn't appear that there's a ton of young guys ready to take over and be contributors. Uh, you do have a David Hobbs on the defensive side of the ball, uh, Tyree Weathersby would have played as much as David Hobbs this season had he not gotten hurt. Uh, I believe it was the first week of, of fall camp and and had a nasty hip injury uh, that cost him his season. Uh, so you do have some exciting young prospects there, but there's not enough even along the defensive line right now. And I think those are the areas where they're they're trying through the recruiting cycles through the high school ranks to build up the depth there and then develop them once they get to campus, and I, I unfortunately, not not an ideal situation to be in going into year four, but I do think Tennessee is still in a position where you need some of these bridge players to be at those positions. You need your Spragans, Cooper, Campbell coming back to be the bridge players until a William Satterwhite is ready. Until a Max Anderson is ready, until a Bennett Warren is ready, again not ideal, but it's the situation that Tennessee's in right now. And uh, same along the defensive line, you you need Bryson Eason, uh, and Omar Norman Lott and Amari Thomas. You, you need those veterans, and I would I would say Tyler Barron. But the same rumors that exist every single offseason with him are back once again. I, I'm I'm kind of. Tired of of Tyler Baron, if if I'm being completely honest. Well, oh,
0: Tyler wants his money. And, 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 and this year, Tyler's earned that money. Where in the past, he wanted the money and didn't earn it. This year, he earned that money. So I don't I don't blame him for trying to get his back, especially this year.
1: Fair enough. I'll I'll leave it at that. But you need those veterans, I think, to, like the offensive line, bridge those, bridge the gap. Until David Hobbs is complete ready, completely ready, because maybe you'll disagree with this, Wayne, but I like. I, I thought David Hobbs had a nice freshman season from from the snaps that he got, but I also don't know that he showed enough to to where you can lean on him completely as a true sophomore. You don't have to; you have rotation. Defense line, yes. What, I, line. I I recognize that for sure, but in, in terms of like being like out there on most plays, like an Amari Thomas and, and kind of carrying the load, even for a position that, like you just said, it, it is more rotational than other positions. You still have your guys that are out there for the bulk of it, even if you are rotating. And maybe David Hobbs is ready for that, but I don't know that that's a guarantee. So I, I think going back to what you said about the NIL and the the pot, so to speak, I think you need to continue to invest into these guys who can come back because you don't have a ton of young guys waiting in the wings, ready to take over and not come back. Like, I I don't think you're in a good position if the majority of your veterans along the offensive line and the defensive line, if they don't come back, I don't think you're in a good position going into next season. You need those guys to come back, even if it's not an ideal situation to be in because you want to flip the page. Lean on your youth that you've been recruiting. I just don't think they're to that point yet. So I think they need to really invest into these veterans and, and make sure a good chunk of them are back for next season. We'll go
0: to the hotline when we come back. Uh we have someone waiting patiently. So we'll get to the phones. We'll get to the text box, Betty Chevrolet text box, Betty Chevrolet.com. Swain event fueled by that in barbecue. You're listening to the Swain Event.
2: And you know this, man?
0: Here in Knoxville, we love it when a squirrel's in the checkerboards. But when there's a squirrel in our attic, that's all sides. When that happens, call Alpha Wildlife. They're Knoxville's veteran-owned and operated wildlife removal company. When unwanted critters put their feet up on your coffee table, call 865-224-6555. But the Tennessee fans at Alpha Wildlife evict those unwanted tenants and set your home up with a winning defense to keep that wildlife where it belongs. That's Alpha Wildlife at 865-224-6555. They have locations in Nashville, Memphis, Memphis, Chattanooga, and in parts of South Carolina. Check them out online at alphawildlife.com. What's up, fellas? It's Swain. When it comes to health, there are numbers every man needs to know, including your testosterone number. I recommend going to Low T Center. They make it quick and easy to get your levels checked, and it's only $25. You walk in, take a simple blood test, and with their on-site lab, you'll know your results in 25 minutes. Low testosterone levels can make you feel tired and grumpy, can cause lack of motivation and drive. It can raise your cholesterol, cause weight gain, and loss of muscle mass. Go to LowTcenter.com now to book your appointment. Low T Center, reinventing Healthcare. Dead End Barbecue has you covered when you need the food to be on point for your next event. Go to deadendbbq.com to learn more or call 865-414-9417. Dead End Barbecue, the catering search is over.
4: Hey there, Swainament Crew. Just like Vols sports, the Knoxville area real estate market is strong and growing stronger. We're an everything region. When you get the big orange itch to buy, sell, or invest, call me, Jennifer Morris, with Keller Williams Realty at 865-257-7897 or email me at morris 865 at gmail.com. Go Vols! Looking for a different way to enjoy the show? Yes! Then check out Swain Event TV on YouTube.
0: So, if you feel about that in barbecue, let's get to the phones this morning. Good morning. Good morning.
2: What is going on? Turkey, man? Good morning. Yeah, Turkey, man. How are we doing, guys? Man, we're good,
0: man. Hope you are,
2: too, man. What is on your mind well, today? Well, I got a couple things on my mind. I thought maybe you guys would be able to help me on it. Uh, first of all, I, uh, we know that for, if you're competing for the SEC Championship, you know, east and west. We we've got a we've got a way laid out that how the the uh the winner of each division is gonna participate in the championship. And there's head to head and you know hey you know if you tied one loss in each in each uh, division, let say
0: uh, that's the old way Turkey man move forward there's no east and west divisions.
2: Well what I was trying to get across is this. Those criteria, how you play for that, and they also then they have to be a criteria how that you're going to pick the four to compete. That's what we're dealing with now. That's what's already happened. Okay, you're talking about the college uh, football playoff. Yes, sir. Okay, I'm speaking of that, and 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 what I was saying is how I see people complaining about that. Did the did they not follow the step by step of what was laid out of and an eliminating the, the ones that would be in that bracket where they got the best uh, that played or did they miss it uh, in the playoffs? I mean, I think did they, they got, follow?
0: If, if you ask me, if they got it wrong or right, I think they got it right. Uh, at the I end of the day, too. I do feel I do terrible for Florida State. Um, And you can't not have Texas, not have Alabama, not have Washington, and not have Michigan in the four. Um, Those are the four that deserve to be in. But Florida State deserves to be in, too. The problem is it's only four spots, and uh, the ball was dropped when they could have went to 12 this year. The ball was dropped by... Uh, commissioners outside the SEC, Greg Thank you was ready to to extend this thing. they were so worried about more SEC teams getting in that uh, they wound up messing up their own teams in their own conference.
2: So um You're you're dead home and that's what people's not realizing mm, that they had an opportunity to have more and they chose not to. Yep. And, that, and and that's not that's not nobody's fault but the ones that chose not to. But the other question I want gonna ask you how does n i l actually work? I know that when it was talking about this, it was like when you played your number one jersey what what uh, you could have made off of, of of sale of your jersey and, and and likeness of you uh opportunity to make make you know that so what's uh, what's different now i mean what's what is it is it a good system what, what would you change? How would you set it that it would be right, that uh, it wouldn't be like the Wild Wild West? And how would you set it, it on the portal? Because this stuff just up and moving, I, I don't think it's a good thing either. I think you ought to be committed because you and I have always talked about, uh, you know, participation trophies and seeing things through and all that's involved in, in participating in a in a team sport. Uh, how would you change the the situation now in the nil and the and the, the portal? I'd like to hear your take on that. I'm gonna get off, guys. I enjoy listening to you, and I'm gonna get off.
1: Hey, thank you, good-
0: man. I don't know honestly what I would do um, right now. I haven't I haven't really sat down and thought about it. Uh, I mean, you can't cap people's earning potential. You can't do that. Uh, there's different layers of nil. You you have businesses that can pay. A uh, player um, to do commercials or whatever. Um, you have event series that you can pay athletes to sh- do certain things and show up at certain places. Like we got, you know, we do the locker room there, and it's a it's powered by Volunteer Club, and so uh, we get a couple different players each week to come out, and um, they are compensated. For the appearance, and so uh, that's one way. So I mean, there's different ways to to, to execute nil um, to make sure the players are, are compensated. Uh, the, the portal in the nil together has created uh, a little bit of a, a, a mess. Uh, I would come down on on tampering, um, like like I would really really come down on that. Yeah, if it was if it was my decision, but. There's, there's ways around it. There's a ways around not getting caught tampering. So, I don't really know, Turkey, man, what, what you do. Um, I don't. But I think the 14 playoffs, I think those four teams are right. I mean, I hate it for Florida State. It stinks. And I got every reason to be upset. But it never made sense that you had five power conferences in only four spots. It never made sense from the beginning. And it always worked out to where somebody stumbled, someone messed up. You didn't have f- five eligible, deserving teams all at once. Every other year, someone lost when you needed them to lose. It always worked itself out to where the f- the best four was right there. But this was the last. This is the last year of the playoff, and to go out with a bang, the worst possible scenario played out where you had five or more yeah had, had six deserving teams but there's only four spots. A six five, two hundred and fifty five oh three I'm gonna go to the text box. Volum Birmingham, offensive line, defensive line, linebacker, DB, couple of receivers, what we need from the portal, in my opinion. Uh thousand percent. Thousand percent. You you gotta get better wide receiver. You need more explosive players on the outside. hundred percent. Henning uh, Hooker was great, but Henning Hooker was great because he had explosive players on the outside. So you have to address that. Linebacker, certainly something you want to you want to address. You got to have depth on the offense, defensive line. Uh, Audrey C. says the type of players we want are not going to be scared off by competition for a position. Macy coming back would not scare anyone off. I'm with you right there, Audrey. Audrey C.
1: It, it it shouldn't and and I I did not mean to suggest that they would be, uh, because I I have the belief that Tennessee should not count on Gerald Mincy going into next season. So I, I did not mean to to overvalue uh Gerald Mincy uh, even if if that version of me saying it sounds poorly, but uh, Gerald Minty is, is a knucklehead at times. You, you can't really trust him to stay out of trouble. And he hasn't been a consistent starting caliber tackle when you just keep it to football in this league either. So I I, I do agree there uh, that he he should not be in, you should not go into next season operating under the assumption that if Gerald Mincy comes back, that you can count on Gerald Mincy 12 games next season to give you what you need at a right tackle position. You, you can't rely on that going into next season. So uh, adding a tackle that can compete with him and push him and maybe uh, take the job from him like John Campbell did, taking the left tackle job from him during fall camp, you you, you do need that for sure.
0: Uh, Volleberbaum says, "I would love a good, experienced quarterback to mentor Nico, and you need to have a good backup in case the unthinkable happens. I mean, if a quarterback comes in with experience, I mean, Nico's going to be mentoring him because men- Nico knows the playbook. But I do understand from a um, in-game experience standpoint, I do understand that that side of it." Uh, I don't know how hype all of them is going to attract uh, a quarterback in a transfer portal, but I do think it's important for them to, to bring someone in. Um,
1: they should have kept Gaston more. Am, am I crazy for, for thinking that? Just, just because I don't, I don't think it's possible for them to add a legitimate backup quarterback. Nobody wants to come be a backup quarterback. And again, like I said earlier, if somebody wanted to come here and be a backup quarterback, is that somebody that you want on your roster anyway? Somebody who's No, you
0: complacent? want somebody to compete. No, you want somebody that that says, "You know what? I'm I'm I want to come
1: compete." I mean, that's, that's But in today's day and age of college football, that's not happening. When when you see Nico Eamaliave on the roster, it's just not going to Which Guys is play. why I think the best solution was Gaston Moore.
0: more. Guys play quarterback. They understand what they sign up for. They sign at schools. When they when they commit to schools and sign at schools, there's already a quarterback there. Um and and some cases there are young quarterbacks there that they're going to have to compete with um and so you understand the investment that was made for, for Nico but at the same time like it doesn't matter where you go as a quarterback there's, there's going to be competition because there's only one quarterback on a team uh but if you're Tennessee man you you can be transparent and say hey man we, we brought Nico in to to Maybe be the guy long term, but come compete. And I don't know the situation with Gaston Moore being able to come back. I know he did walk. I remember seeing uh, that. Uh, but everybody got these COVID years, and I'm sure he got. I'm sure he got one. But yeah, like if you could have Gaston Moore come back, that means you wouldn't have to really go uh, to the portal. But if you can go to the portal and get a better quality backup. Um, then you kick those tires. But Gaston knows the system inside and out. Um, and Gaston can provide some some security for you for at least the f- first couple of games while true freshman Merklinger um, gets himself ready. And if Nico gets hurt in October, you feel a little bit better about going with a true freshman in October than you do in, in, in September. So... The situation with Nico number one and then Merklinger, number two, that's that's a, that's a situation that situation kind of makes you nervous. Uh Riley Vall says would Seton likely be a day one starter? Uh yeah. Likely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Nate Daniels says my number one one in the portal uh is helping the trenches. Outside of that, give me Juice Wells. Um, Juice Wells a baller. Uh, no doubt about it. He's one of the top receivers in the portal. Uh Juice Wells was, was paid a good number. Um, I'm sure at South Carolina. And if you're Tennessee, do you know that number? If you don't know, if you don't know that number, you'd probably be good to know it because um, that could help with some negotiation. But you gotta be careful with and Juice Wells coming off an injury. He didn't play last year. So is he a guy that you're gonna invest a lot into um and still worry about him being healthy and playing so uh, you gotta protect yourself i think if you are a school um looking at juice wells because he didn't play last year he was hurt so but i definitely want a player like that in my receiver room dude's a baller he is a baller um Riley Vaugh says, "Juice, Jolie, Brew, Squirrel, Ethan Davis, She's, Samp, RB one. That that would be that would be a good lineup if you get a a healthy Brew and a healthy Juice and an Ethan Davis that's ready. I mean, who who knows if he is is ready to be tight end one and be durable? I mean, he's had he's had injury." Uh, questions too, but as a pass catcher, as an athlete, there's no question what Ethan Davis can do. But we understand the tight end position is a physical position that replaces the fullback. You got to be able to block. So uh, UConn's tight end Jolie um, finally got to the portal. Tennessee offer is going to be here on a visit. He's uh, 215, so I imagine if if he comes to the SEC, then he's going to put on some weight. But we we saw his playmaking ability in space. Um, that's something that if you're Josh Heupel, man, you, you could use
1: for sure. And Tennessee was was really impressed with him in that particular football game, which is kind of stating the obvious. But <laughs> yeah. uh, they 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 do like him. They're they're, they're monitoring several tight ends right now. Uh, they, they offered the the tight end that's transferring from Notre Dame. He's going to be here on a visit at, at some point as well. Uh, but the jolly kid from UConn, he, uh, he he was really excited about the Tennessee offer. I, I can tell you that he's 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 a guy that's going to get several offers. So I I, I don't want to m- make it seem like the hay is in the barn with him. He, he he's going to be a, a commodity, hot commodity. But he he was very very excited about that Tennessee offer when Tennessee did offer. Is it Jolly or Jolie? Don't know. Maybe it's Jolly. It's, it's Ma- maybe it'll L. be a maybe it be a very jolly Christmas for the Vols.
0: You say Jolly. I'm gonna say Jolie, and then you know when we when we get
1: Jolene, we get Jolene,
0: the official um word, then we'll adjust from there. Uh, let's see here. What else? Is on the text box. Nelson Jackson says, no, some of them were saying about Nico. He can wait another season and add weight. It's literally folks wanting to bring someone in over Nico. What? People were saying, wait another season. Asked, wait.
3: Hmm? Huh?
0: People, all right, man, I can't, I can't, I can't do it. I can't do
1: it. I can't do it. Well, here, here's it. a good question I'm for you, Swain, to. and I, I, I haven't heard your thoughts on this, which is why I'm, I'm bringing it up because of the portal yesterday. It feels like old news at this point, but it was only forty eight hours ago or so. For Raleigh Val at nine oh four a.m., Swain, do you think the staff should be hitting up Walter Nolan's camp?
0: mm. mm, mm, mm. Hm. no, <laughs> no, not unless things have changed and, and um, way of doing things changed, which I don't think it has. I mean, for, for Walter Nolan to go to Texas A&M and we know A&M is, is paying more than anybody out here in the streets. I don't care what people are saying and for him to get into the portal are you going to get his services cheap i doubt it knowing what you know if you're tennessee dealing with him in the past that's something you want to deal with again i i just i don't see that happening unless something something changes but i I i'll be surprised if 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 um, you hitting up Nolan's camp.
1: Yeah, I, I would be surprised if, if Walter Nolan ended up at, at Tennessee.
0: I, I think you got to be careful too, Ben. You got to be careful because you have a team that lacks the leadership that you need to, to take a step forward right now. And so what do you do? You are challenging and developing the current players you have to be leaders and you're very particular about who you add and who you bring in to your program see when you have strong leadership you can bring in guys that have questionable character guys that are me 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 guys that's cool whatever everybody, everybody everybody's selfish to a certain extent you got to be careful about the number of guys you bring in like that when you don't have strong leadership. So, um, that's something to think of. I don't, I don't, I don't know about that one. D four, two, three says, how about, uh, key Lawrence from Oklahoma?
1: Sign me up. If, if I'm Tennessee and you think that he is good enough to, to play, which from the outside looking in, I don't know why Key Lawrence wouldn't be able to play in this current Tennessee secondary. If if you think he's an upgrade, absolutely pursue that road. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, I don't really care where they're from, man. I know we talked about Vanderbilt last time we talked. And was joking. <laughs> I don't care where they're from, but they can help Tennessee. You know, win. Um, that's 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 really all I well, care about. You come in. Well, that was just job. a little
1: interesting because he left. Hmm? That that was just interesting because he left when all the Pruitt stuff went down.
0: I don't blame anybody for leaving
4: when the no, stuff went
1: down. Not at all. But I, I think that's why some people are asking whether or not Tennessee should go down that road again. I, I think that situation is much different than Walter Nolan.
0: Oh yeah, it's definitely different than Walter Nolan because this staff recruited Walter Nolan heavily and heavily and, and, and then you um you know, you have your opinions of of, of him and that experience, Key Lawrence was man. He was gone, like he was gone, gone. So there's a there's a there's a new new staff, and man, you, you treat him like any other any other player in the portal. Uh, obviously, he's not like every other player because he's already been here, but he is from Tennessee, and if there's any interest in, hey man, go go explore that. uh The Tennessee that Key Lawrence left is not the same Tennessee now, so. Uh let's see what else. Is there a possibility of Brew returning or do you think he is leaving for the league? He only played in twenty two or twenty-three games total. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't have much of a feel there. Um I I think he needs to come back. I think he should come back. I don't think he's put enough on film to just go straight to the league. I do understand uh his age and, and maybe saying, you know, I, I just need to go now because I got hurt last season. But I don't know. I mean, he got hurt in the middle of the season. So when is he going to be 100%? Um, I just think he needs to he needs to come back. I don't think people really understand like how hard it is to be in the NFL and get drafted. Like, How many times have you as a college football fan or even just a Tennessee fan watched a dude and go, oh, yeah, man, he's pro. Yeah, he's pro. He's NFL. And then he goes undrafted. Like guys that you think are really, really good and can go play the next level, they're not good enough to get drafted. It's hard to get drafted. You're, you're competing against every other player in the country, your position, and every other player that's in the draft that's not playing your position. And there's only a certain amount of spots. I mean, I use Jalen Hyatt as an example. Everyone thought he was first round. Third round. And he was great at Tennessee. And he ran fast. And he had game film. Brew don't have game film like Jalen Hyatt. Brew don't have game film like Cedric Tillman. Brew don't have game film like Bayless Jones. So that's why I think he should come back. And I hope he does. I'm a big fan of Brew. I think Brew can be the leader on this football team next year. Uh, Vollenberger had anything on Peely? Uh, able to come back? Uh, where is he? He gonna he come back. He coming back. So that's a good thing. That's leadership that, um, you, you didn't have I mean obviously he was on the team he was round but it's different when you when you when you playing him versus not playing so that's that's a good thing from the four two three are there any receivers or skilled players that we are pursuing uh I think Tennessee is going to pursue the tires on juice wells obviously already bringing in what you don't you don't think you don't think no, no.
1: my face my my face lit up in a good way. Oh, okay. Like eyeball emoji, juice wells. I mean, I, to I your think point you'd about be crazy him, not
0: to.
1: Absolutely. He 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 was considered coming into the season to be the best returning receiver in the SEC by by a lot of people. And uh to to your point, what you were saying about him missing the year due to an injury, or most of the year due to injury. That there was some thought of of him being able to return late in the year he could have returned but <laughs> right but people yeah. in his camp pushing him not to return and risk further injury
0: yeah he tweeted out that he was coming back but then got into the portal so
1: that was been an interesting situation the
0: yeah yeah so hey man if he goes out there he plays Plays well, he's healthy, does, a, does what he needs to do on the football field. This is a money year for him. You go to the NFL. Um, if he's commanding a, a a certain number, there'll be some teams that will pay that number. But I think if you are one of those teams, you got to protect yourself and have it in the contract to where, hey, man, like you, you out here getting hurt and you can go, but you don't go. Like, we're not paying you to, to, to not play. That would be my approach with any team, not just Tennessee, but I definitely think Tennessee should reach out, talk to him, see what that number is, bring him on a visit, see if he's a good fit. From a personality standpoint, football character standpoint, does he uh, Does he align with your core values? I mean, you're, we're talking about a one-year rental. You can't let one guy wreck what you've built for three years from, from a culture standpoint, and I don't have any – information that juice wells would do that or did that in south carolina that really goes for anybody in the portal it goes for anybody in high school you gotta you gotta have the right guys You gotta have the right guys Uh, mental illness can dictate every aspect of your life folks making you feel helpless and making you feel like things are out of control mind body wellness offers effective mental health treatment in an outpatient setting making it easy for you to take care of yourself and your mental well-being uh, I had a therapy appointment last Friday, and I've experienced the benefits of therapy uh, myself. So I feel like the, the time is now. Don't wait. Take action today. Mind Body Wellness here in Knoxville, they are accessible, affordable, and available. MindBodyKnoxville.com is the website. Go there, schedule a mental wellness assessment. Mind Body Wellness is mental health care that works for you. 865-255-03. Ben McKee, golf Ball 247 I'm Jason Swain. Got some hoops on deck, Ben. Got some hoops on deck. Hopefully we get some of those guys uh, that have been banged up. We get those guys back on the court and ready to go play against Illinois
1: here Hey, George Mason is actually sneaky good. They're inside the top 100 in Kimpong. Right, that good.
0: I'm talking about the big games. But seen, I know,
1: but I know you've seen all these upsets in college basketball. I have. I was
0: completely you know. Get ready to say that. I've seen them. I've seen them. i so got a handle business there. 865 255 Stay with us. Be right back. Hey Knoxville, we all know the importance of mental health. Most people don't have regular mental health care. They often wait. Let's change that. Isn't it time we all consider our mental health as important as our physical health? If you are ready, Mind Body Wellness in Knoxville can help you design a plan for your mental wellness. We are accessible, affordable, and available. You are worth it. Visit mindbodyknoxville.com to schedule a mental wellness assessment today. It is so good to be here with Charlie Pratt with Modern Woodman and MWA Financial Services. And Charlie, you have a passion for helping and working with East Tennesseans. Why is that?
4: Man, I was born and raised here in Knoxville. Uh, my family's owned a business here since the 1920s. I played football at Central High School and Maribel College. I'm just really proud to work in East Tennessee. What are you the most proud of? We do a really good job of meeting people where they're at on their financial journey. I've got clients uh, that are just now starting out, I've got clients that are in the middle of saving and doing a great job job and I've got clients who have worked really hard their whole lives and it's time for them to enjoy their retirement. It's my job to make sure their money lasts as long as they do in retirement and they're able to leave a legacy for their family. So with that being said, what are the next steps? Let's sit down and take a look at your financial plan. Give me a call 865-919-6468. Registered Representative and Investment Advisor Representative offering securities and advisory
0: services through NWA Financial Services, Inc., a wholly owned subsidiary of Modern Women of America, member of INCRA, SIPC. Dead End Barbecue has you covered when you need the food to be on point for your next event. Go to deadendbbq.com to learn more or call 865-414-9417. Dead End Barbecue, the catering search is over. Guys, let me talk to you here. If you've noticed a lack of energy, motivation, and drive, it could be Low-T. Schedule your complete health assessment at Low-T Center. They now offer the convenience of monitored self-inject at-home testosterone treatments for just $155 a month cash pay or covered by most health insurance. If you don't live near Low T Center or you just want the convenience of a at-home treatment, Low T Center makes it easy shipping your treatments directly to you with the peace of mind of monitored treatment. Go to lowtcenter.com to book your appointment online. Low T Center, reinventing men's healthcare. We're here with Dr. Michael Carlson of Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine to discuss stem cell treatment
4: and PRP. If you have orthopedic injuries, you should give them a call. That's right, Jason. We specialize in regenerative non-surgical orthopedics. So we treat damaged tendons, ligaments, and joints by using ultrasound-guided injections with stem cells or PRP. And this form of treatment actually stimulates the body's own reparative process and allows for healing of the damaged tissue. So, Doc, what makes your training different than others? Well, Jason, I've been practicing in Knoxville for 26 years, and I'm certified in interventional regenerative orthopedic medicine through the American Academy of Orthopedic Medicine. At Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine, I'm the one doing the procedure and we're using your own bone marrow stem cells or PRP. So in other words, it comes from you and it goes back to you. So you know exactly what you're getting and know exactly the level of training involved. Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine, trsportsmedicine.com, East Tennessee's leader in PRP and stem cell therapy. Just because you can't call in doesn't mean that you have to sit on the sideline. Impact the show with a text box. It's part of the free Swain Event app.
0: All right, welcome back. Swain Event, Fuel by Day in Barbecue, top 100 barbecue restaurant in America. Uh, right now, big things going on at Hiller Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and uh, Electrical it's that time of the year man it is the holiday season and so hiller wants to make sure that every child experiences the joy of christmas this year which is why they are donating 50 dollars in toys two toys for tots with the purchase of of every tankless water heater also they're giving away a 250 dollar visa gift card with each unit when you buy a select hvac system or a new whole home generator you're going to get a 500 dollar visa gift card. All these purchases have great finance options with low monthly payments. These deals are only available until the end of the year. So make sure you schedule at Hiller today. That's HappyHiller.com. Happy you'll be or the service is free. I'm gonna go to the text box. Turkey man, when we go to 12 in the playoffs, We'll have the same problems with 13 and 14. Absolutely. We have the same problems now every single year with college basketball when uh, you have guys, or excuse me, you have teams, um, men and women, that get snubbed. It happens. It's going to happen. It's not going to be perfect. There will be teams that get snubbed. That's part of it. It has happened for decades in basketball. It's going to happen in football. Be,
1: do you think there should be automatic qualifiers? Uh, Yeah. I well that that seems to be an unpopular opinion, Swain. You I, win the conference. If, I mean, I'm all for automatic qualifiers because I think it's proven that committees can't get the job done. I I I, th- I think it should be set up in a similar fashion to the NFL playoffs, to where if if you win this, then you automatically qualify for for the playoffs, and it it is a little more trickier than. The NBA or NFL or MLB, NHL, because now with the the, the conference expansions and, and realignment, that that makes it a little more trickier with, with automatic qualifiers. I, I get that, but I, I let, let me ask you this too: Do you think that this past weekend was good for college football? Because obviously, there's a lot of conversation. Uh, about the the rankings and, and that's a good thing when everybody's talking about it right when when all eyes are on your sport and everybody's talking about it and that that's a good thing when when, when you are the topic of conversation but to me maybe I'm alone in this it felt a little bit different this time around it, it almost felt like it, it was in a negative manner and the conversation and the discourse was more ugly than pretty more bad than good. Do, do you think I'm off for for feeling that way?
0: I mean, what's bad can also be good because people are talking about you. I mean, people like drama. It's why you had the selection show instead of just putting it out. Um. It's why every week you've had a, a show about the release of the college football plank uh right uh ratings. Um college football didn't have the best day uh, on Sunday. But a champion will be crowned here in a couple of weeks. You'll move to the 12 team playoff, and folks will move along. It's like with any other scandal, folks get outraged for a little bit. They move on. I think
1: that's what's going to happen. It just felt like a lot of silliness to me this weekend. And and I don't know that silliness is good for the sport. And I I think if you could find a way to make automatic qualifiers work, I feel like the silliness wouldn't happen. Because if you know you got to do this, this, and this to get into the playoffs like we see, Professionally, with, with the professional sports leagues, you, you win your division, you're in the playoffs. Like if you have something along those lines, then I I think it gets rid of all the silliness that we saw all over the weekend from a lot of people. And again, I kind of thought it was more silliness, and I don't know that silliness is good for the sport. How do
0: you define bad for the sport? The only way you can define what's bad for the sport is look at numbers. Um, money's not going away, eyeballs are not going away. So yeah. It, you can say it's not good for the sport; it's bad for the sport. But folks still watching. Folks yeah, yeah still I, mean, watching. I, I,
1: I get that. I, I do. I really do. It, it just felt different this weekend to me.
0: Yeah, because and, for the first it, time, someone got shafted, and it was—I mean, it was—it was clear as day, and it, it, it was, and it was terrible. Like we all can agree that Florida State was shafted. There's some people that believe Florida State should be in over one of the four teams that's in now. I don't believe that. What we all agree is that Florida State should be in, but I just don't think they should be in a, over one of the four. There's some yeah. people who, like, this. someone who called in yesterday that was like, Swain, I disagree with you at the beginning of the call and gave me all these reasons why Alabama should be in. And it's hard enough for me to say that Alabama deserves to be in, but they do, like, just taking your... Bias and put it to the side, Alabama deserved to be in. And by the end of the phone call, it was like, okay, well, I guess I understand. It was like, you you can look at the Auburn game and, and, and try to ding Alabama, but Florida State has some close loss, a close wins too with Jordan Travis. So like, you're going to have close wins. Georgia had a close win against Mizzou last year. That's like, that's part of it. Florida State didn't look good in the last two games without the starting quarterback. Alabama, had the best win of the college football season. Out of any team in the country, Alabama beat Georgia. Neutral site in Atlanta. All right. Texas had the second best win and won the Big 12. Texas beat Alabama on the road by 10. Definitely the second best win. So you ain't leaving those two teams off. Washington beat Oregon twice. They're undefeated. They win the Pac-12. Michigan, they beat Ohio State. Even with their schedule being as soft as it is, they beat Penn State. They beat Ohio State. Um, they won the Big Ten. You can't take any of those teams out. You can't. So, next year, there'll be 12 teams, and then they'll, they'll be 13 and 14 that feel like they can get in. But that 13 and 14 team, they'll have multiple losses, and they won't have a strong enough case as Florida State. As this year,
1: I thought it was a a weird situation where both sides are correct. Like, I, I think Alabama should absolutely be in the playoffs. And I I also think that Florida state got screwed. (laughs) I like, I I think both sides of of the argument are right and right for feeling the way that they do. And and I just hope that we can reach a, a point in college football to where a team like Florida state. Who did win all of their games? Did win their conference? Doesn't get left out. Like we, we need to reach a that won't happen. That won't forward. It won't. You're right. Yeah, move forward. That won't happen. You're right. Uh, So, and and it's kind of taking care of itself. But I mean, it it does still feel like we're going to be in an interesting situation to to where not all twelve are are automatic qualifiers. It it may be like five or six, the conference champions or whatever, and then the rest is up to a committee. I, I just don't. I don't trust the committee like one year, their criteria is this the next year, their criteria is that because this was the first year in years, if not ever, where they literally went with the four best teams, because it's always been most deserving that they that they went off of or resume that they went off of. And now they switched it up. We need to get to a point to where. The criteria is the criteria. you got to do this, this, and this to make it. And if you do, you'll get in. Not leave it up to some committee who who, It kind of feels at times like they don't know what they're watching. Like I I don't trust them as far as I can throw them. So I'd like to get away from them. Because, again, like I thought this was a weird year where both sides were right. Alabama should have been in the playoffs, but the Florida State contingency, they got screwed as well.
0: Chip Payne says you can make a case that Georgia should be one of the four as well. One loss, and it was a conference championship. Look at TCU. Uh, I'm going to take a shower now, brush my teeth. I'm kind of <laughs> defending Georgia. Gross. Well,
1: yeah. I so. mean, how do you how do you view um, Alabama as better than Florida State, but you don't view Georgia as better than Florida State? Like that does not make sense. Yeah.
0: Georgia, Georgia didn't win their conference, and all the other teams did. But if this was last year, Georgia's in, right? Just like TCU was
1: yeah. in, and, and not that it matters, but technically they ranked. Um, what they had Georgia sixth, and, and Florida State was fifth, right? So technically they still ranked Florida State ahead of Georgia, which makes
0: which still makes no sense.
1: I I am glad that they put in they ranked Texas above Alabama. That would have been the one that that set me off. There, there's this narrative by some that head to head should not matter and. What? Like if all? Where's the sum, Ben? I mean, on go watch any of the college football ranking shows that that were wanting to put in Alabama over Texas. I these these people that. existed.
0: I didn't see that. Who said that?
1: Well, it, it happened. It absolutely happened. And like this, I mean, even going back, you saw it last year with Alabama and Tennessee. Like, no, this, hold
0: on, that's not that. You cast apples and oranges.
1: How? The, really? Last year. Alabama and Tennessee's resume was identical, was it not? No. How was it not identical?
0: Alabama lost by two plays, two games by two plays.
1: Tennessee, we got our ass whooped at South Carolina, Ben. Okay, but that's not that's not how the committee sits down and does the resumes. They yes, go they do. They go off a top 25 wins. What you did against the, the current top 25 rankings in Alabama and Tennessee was very similar, and folks wanted to put Alabama in ahead of Tennessee because of the Hendon Hooker injury. But head-to-head should trump that, in my opinion. Ben, you said they didn't look I mean, at it, that. It, that's why Tennessee was ranked behind Alabama,
0: even though they beat Alabama. is because of how we looked against South Carolina. We looked terrible against South Carolina. Alabama lost on two plays to Tennessee and to LSU. That's why they were ranked ahead of uh, Tennessee.
1: I I understand that after the Hendon Hooker injury, that's why they were ranked ahead. In my opinion, when the resume they didn't mention the injury, what's that? It wasn't about the injury. Hendon's injury kept him
0: from going to New York, and winning a Heisman. That what Hendon's injury had nothing to do with what we were ranked.
1: It was the fact that we got our ass whooped in South Carolina. Yes, I, I understand that. that's Hooker injury and getting beat down by South Carolina was why Alabama was ahead. To me, what I'm saying is the resumes, which up until this year, everybody was based on the resume. According to the committee, they put Alabama ahead of Tennessee. And when the resumes are similar to me. Like they were this year with Alabama and Texas, the team that won the head-to-head matchup should be in front of the team that lost the head-to-head matchup.
0: Oh, I agree. I agree in that in that case, when it's so when it's so so close, like Texas and Alabama, uh, then you put Texas in front of Alabama. But I, I don't think Tennessee and Alabama was as close as Texas and Alabama.
1: Okay, but why shouldn't in in that scenario from last year? Why should Tennessee not be able to make up some ground? in that conversation with the way they beat down LSU and Alabama could not beat LSU.
0: Because in that situation, neither team were conference champions. So Tennessee wasn't conference, uh, conference champions, LSU obviously wasn't conference champions because you're in the same conference. So you comparing two teams that won their conference in Texas A&M, uh, Texas and, and Alabama, excuse me. And then with Tennessee and, and Alabama last year, yeah, like one team, beat LSU by by a lot of points, LSU beat Alabama. But still, at the end of the day, with both teams having two losses, Alabama two losses were by a single play. Tennessee's loss was bad. Like, we didn't look like a top 10 team losing to a South Carolina team that was absolutely terrible weeks before. So, I just don't view the head-to-head scenario with Alabama and Tennessee last year the same as this year with Texas and Alabama. I just think it's, it's totally different, 100%. And I never was upset last year that Alabama was in front of Tennessee. I, I didn't. I understood, and I agreed. All I cared about was Tennessee being in a, a good bowl game. I, I, that's all I cared about, and it worked out to where Tennessee was in a really good bowl game. Neither team was in a college football playoff. So neither one of us is in there. I don't care. Just put us in a good ball game. And that's what happened.
1: Well, I'm I'm glad to see that head-to-head mattered this year because it, it should always be the number one criteria. If you have two similar resumes between two teams that played each other, head-to-head should always be first and foremost. Well, yeah. Well, and trump everything else.
0: Yeah. Uh, in certain cases, 100%. Yeah. In certain cases, not last year, with Tennessee, Alabama, but definitely this year with Tennessee, well, excuse me, with Texas and Alabama because everything was, was, was equal. Yeah, conference champion, Yeah, conference champion. All right. But the, these two teams played early in the season. So yeah, Texas always was going to be in front of Alabama. If Texas was, was two that you put Alabama three or whatever, but Texas was always going to be in front. Texas earned that right because of their 10 point win on the road. Uh, And Alabama's a different team right now. They're better. Jalen Monroe's better. And um, they deserve to be in there. I wouldn't root for Alabama, but it was best that Alabama beat Georgia. It was best. You don't want Georgia getting a three-peat. If you want a team outside the SEC to win the championship, it was best that Alabama beat Georgia, not Georgia out, And then Alabama goes and plays Michigan or Texas or or Washington. Because honestly, I still think Georgia is the best team in the country. I still do. They just wasn't the best team Saturday. They weren't the best team Saturday. So I think there's a better possibility that Alabama could get beat in the college football playoff than Georgia. And so, we needed Georgia to go ahead and go home. We need Alabama to win. And then, if you're a Tennessee fan, man, you want Michigan to handle business. I need Michigan to have a, a little bit more uh, enthusiasm about playing Alabama when it's announced. I don't need them to look all scary, intimidated. That, that looks soft by Michigan. <sighs> it sounded, they look scared. Get ready to play. Go beat Alabama. And then, SEC fans... Well, some SEC fans could be happy that you don't have to see your rival win a championship. Some SEC fans will be distraught that the SEC didn't win. I don't understand that line of thinking, but hey, here we are. Here we are. Here we are. Here we are. are. All right, Ben. Tennessee basketball. Who's healthy? Who's not? Who can we expect? I know Tennessee is, is is not playing North Carolina or, or Kansas. They are playing a 7-1 and one George Mason team um, tonight at 6.30. You play Saturday versus Illinois. So do you hold out certain guys, give them a couple of days to be able to play versus Illinois, or do you feel like some of those guys are ready to go today? Who are some of those players?
1: Well, well, first, I do want to encourage people to reach out to Jennifer Morris for all of their real estate needs. She's currently helping me uh, get out of my current house and into a bigger house, as my family expects an addition in March. And uh, she is doing an excellent job of not only helping us with this process, but also taking the stress away. To me, that is the best thing that she does. It, it makes a, a really stressful process really, really easy uh, and cannot thank her enough. So. Uh, this is the second time that I've used jennifer uh to to buy a home uh, the first time she's helping me sell a home which is even more intimidating than buying a home and and she's just made that stress go away quite frankly uh and she's always telling me about a new Swain event listener that she's helping as as well so uh Jennifer does great work and for for all of your real estate needs uh locally and, and she can even give you advice if if you're not here locally or looking to move here locally. So I can't encourage you to reach out to Jennifer Morris of Keller Williams Realty enough if you haven't done so uh, already. I I think they should play all three guys. Don't connect Tobey Iwaka and Freddie DeLeon the fifth. Uh, all all three of them they, they looked good in practice yesterday in, in terms of moving around. They they didn't look limited. They they looked they look smooth. They, they look nice. They, they didn't look hampered by anything. Uh, obviously, if if you think that they can risk further injury, then do not play them tonight uh, against George Mason. But watching them practice yesterday afternoon, it, it didn't look as if it would be a risk uh, to, to play. And obviously, that's just me watching and just watching them move up and down the court. It, it didn't look like guys who would risk further injury. Uh, by, by playing tonight. I mean, Dalton connect. I mean, he, he's the one that people are most worried about. I thought Dawn looked great. He, he, he participated in about 85, 90% of, of practice, uh, called it called it quits a little early, probably to, to save him a, a little bit, but he was catching alley-oops. He, he was driving to the rim. I mean, he, he was doing everything that he normally does. Uh, running point bringing the ball down the floor off a rebound i mean he looked really really good okay and uh i mean at at one point (laughs) it was jemai mayshack uh it it was i mean dalton had one of his vintage drive to the rims and nice finishes at the rim this wasn't even the alley that he caught and threw down uh jemai mayshack kind of joked with him oh whatever dalton like playing off like he got hurt at, at north carolina last week so uh, obviously you want to be cautious with him, but he he just didn't seem to be in a situation where you were going to need to be cautious with him. He seemed like himself uh for the most part, and Tobey did not play at North Carolina. Uh he he was moving up and down the floor and dunking the basketball as as well. Uh Freddie DeLeon looked really good, I thought, moving up and down the floor and and had a couple of nice plays as well, like Dalton did. So again, if if you if you think playing them risks further injury then obviously do not play them tonight. But uh, just from an observer perspective and, and practice on on Monday afternoon, I, I did not get the sense that it didn't feel like guys who couldn't play on on Monday night. Like, Tobey did not practice the, the day before they went to Chapel Hill. And usually when that's the case, they don't end up playing. But all three of those guys were pretty much full participants the entire Monday practice. So I, I think they'll all three play, honestly. All
0: right. All right. Let's get it. Let's get it, man. We'll- Thursday, it's time to talk about a win on the basketball court. Talk about a win. So, y'all guys still come back from surgery and injury and new new injuries that have to be managed. So, let's see how we come out and play. Uh, First time being at home, it seemed like forever. So, we'll discuss that. I'm sure we'll have more transfer portal and recruiting Uh, things to discuss, Uh, the 7th, which will be the day we'll be back. That'll be the day that Jordan Seaton, five-star offensive tackle, will make his announcement. And um, there's a lot going on, for sure. I know we spent a lot of time talking about the bowl game, but we got time. And um, I was offense so bad, I I don't know how much time we really need. But we'll definitely take it leading up to the bowl game. Um, hour and a half flies by really quick and we are at an hour and 45 minutes so it's always good to connect with the band, connect with our listeners on text box Baby Chevrolet text box, our podcast uh, brought to you by Baby Chevrolet will be available and up momentarily uh, after we get done and wrap up today's show so make sure that you go subscribe. Make sure you, that you share it. Uh, we really, really appreciate that. And uh, we'll be back on Thursday, same time, 8 a.m. For Ben McKee, I'm Jason Swain. The Swain event fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Peace and love. You're out.